So this is Noche Galactica. We're here with Maleni. Um, once again, this is Poeta C. And today we're here to talk about success. Uh, we are definitely in a rampage of redefining success. I think that re, uh, success has been redefined for centuries, right? We're just here to shine a light and highlight people like yourself uh, and, and just like their success stories and their definitions of it. Uh, but that's enough about that. Who are you? What do you do? Tell us. Man, well, my name is Maleni Sanchez Cuadra, uh, and I am born and raised in Oakland. I am, my mom was from El Salvador, my dad's from Mexico, and um, we are here in Oakland. I was born and raised, they met here, and here we are. I am the site operations manager at an elementary school, um, so I work with kids and adults, um, and it's pretty fun. Yeah. So Oakland, born and raised. Tell us where. Tell yeah, us where for the yep, Oakland yep. folks. They want to know. I know they want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland, man. Okay. So I spent a lot of my time on East 14th and 18th Avenue. Um, uh, we spent a lot of, about nine years, uh, and then we moved to 66th Ave and International, um, and we spent about 25 years there. And we mm -hmm. just recently moved out of Oakland about six years ago. Uh, but I consider myself self just an Oakland Oakland baby my kids come to school to Oakland I do my shopping in Oakland I work in Oakland like Oakland is is my home yeah eat play worship the whole thing and work <laughs> uh so I do want to share a little bit about when we met a little bit about our story so I uh met Melanie during a kind of wild ass time uh for education in my in my personal career uh my middle school ha uh, was closing down my middle school <laughs> our middle school was closing down uh and your school gracefully gave us a couple classrooms so that we can finish out our last cohort um we we were both deans at the time Right. Uh, I think uh, I, I had been told, hey, you guys might butt heads. You guys got similar energy, uh, but we did it. We did it. And I thought that was super powerful. I also uh, had the pleasure of just seeing you in your essence as a dean. I learned so much from you just in that little bit of time where I was kind of like, I feel like invading your guys' space and you just opened your doors. You guys were so graceful about that. Uh, Melanie for sure put me on and absolutely we did not butt heads. I think we were really open about sharing each other's ideas, even if they both were like very powerful in, in, in that sense. Um, and so I definitely just wanted to share that a little bit. Uh, is there anything that comes to mind from that time? Man, I just remember, I remember being, I don't know what the right word is, but I was nervous. Uh, because I hadn't, hadn't worked with any other deans and like I, my job role was still new to me and um, and I had heard great things about you and I was like oh man I was like if she's gonna say that I'm doing something I'm too harsh or I'm not doing things right and then I would see like man like is she soft but <laughs> it, it just it, we were just like a, to me we were opposites but we were walking together yeah. so and I learned a lot of things from you and then um, and just the, I learned that even though we did things in a different way for certain students, a lot of things we did similarly and some things we did differently, the fact that we were still able to see below the green line underneath like what the work was and why we were doing things was really, really powerful. So um, yeah, it was great. I'm really glad that that happened. Um, and I'm glad that we're still friends and I'm glad yeah. that we, I think we, um, push each other 
in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, so really, really happy. Really happy. Not happy that you know the, under the circumstances because <laughs> I still yeah, get calls yeah. for Epic yeah. to this day to the office, but yeah. it was really, really cool. Yeah, that was really dope. Um, and I, yeah, I do, I do have the privilege of saying we we build a great friendship out of that. Um, and it's been dope to just not now that I'm no longer at Achieve, uh, but to just like push each other personally and professionally. And that has been dope to just have that friendship. So I appreciate you for that. I want to extend that. Uh, when I heard you say that we were um, both opposites, but still walking together, I actually very recently heard a quote drop um, from very powerful man. Oh, I'm going to have to come back to the notes on this one, but a very powerful uh, school leader that he said, um, imagine like two roads that intersect. And I think very often we expect uh, two roads that are very opposite to intersect and to cross, right? But also imagine a world in which two roads, two powerful roads to a powerful space going into being opposite can also parallel go together, right? And so I think about that just super powerful. And I think very often, opposite does not have to intersect right in a negative way or in an opposite way per se uh but more so drive parallel and i do i do i think we did that and i think that's why we were able to get some pretty dope ass outcomes uh when later covid hit <laughs> we were ready <laughs> for sure so now let's jump into uh this was this was great millennia as always we have amazing conversations today we're going to talk about success um you're somebody who i have seen has really really like taking success to a different level, um, but also in hearing about your journey of where you as, where you were as a student, right? And so I really want you to think about in this moment, as a student, as young Maleni in Oakland, um, who, who told you what success was or where did you first see success? Man, in, yeah, young Maleni, I think had very subtle, messages about success um and it was hard it was hard growing up and thinking about being successful because i think a lot of the times uh i spent my time trying to survive um situations and families so i think for me success was just like putting the lid on a problem and saying that that problem was done Mm -hmm. um in terms of success uh in terms of success like business wise or like that didn't come to mind until I was much older um but being successful to me was just surviving like being able to get over problems um and and watching my and thinking that my family was going to be okay um I think I spent a lot of my time yep trying to survive that that was success to me surviving was success um and as a student as a student, success was being the well-mannered student in class, the nice student in class, the just getting by, um, the, the student getting by in class and not giving anybody any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really shaped me for the rest of my life, just like trying to be quiet, trying to be nice, trying to um, not be, yeah, yeah, not standing out at all. So. That has definitely been a growing journey for me um, and has shaped a lot of the things and why I do the things that I do. Yeah. Can you think of uh, when I, I think you could re- use a really good 
um, image descriptor of putting a lid onto something, like tapando la vida de los frijoles, like let's just taparla. Um, can you think of a story or a moment where you feel like at that age, le pusiste la tapa and it was called a success? At that age, as a student, I think, yeah, I think my, when I graduated or when I promoted, um, each of my promotions meant something to me um, because I had seen a lot of the, the, the rocky road that my brothers had led. I have two older brothers and they had a really rough time when they came to the States um, and schooling was important um, at home and the fact that they didn't finish or didn't go through their schooling um, was just always in the back of my mind and I think always in the back of my parents' mind as well. So for example, just each, I can see the picture right now in my head, my elementary promotion, my junior high promotion, my high school promotion, like all of those to me were my successes. I think like was the first time that I said I did this and I'm super proud of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure that there's, I mean, there are a lot of other moments um, along the way, but like those were the things where like, man, I, I don't have to worry about this anymore. I got it out of the way and I got it out of the way in a good way um, that I can definitely say um, were, were success, my first successes. For sure. Were there any influences or heroes that contributed to oh, that, yeah. that feeling? Absolutely. Like my parents, um, my parents, I think, were the first ones. My mom and my dad um, came to this country. They were firstborns to, to their family, so they had a huge responsibility. Um, and they came to this, this country and did something. Like my dad created a business that still stands. It's like 30 years plus. Um, and it's still standing. And uh, my mom, uh, you know, raised uh, all four of us and uh, and helped him with his business. They were a team. Uh, and so, and they went through a lot of things again, like with my brothers, with being in this country, with not having health insurance, with health, with all of these, you know, buying a house. They bought their first house uh, together. Um, and they were definitely my, the first people that I would look to in terms of success. And um, after them, it was all of the amazing educators that I had in my life. I was been very blessed to have some really good mentors. Um, and they always made me feel like I had potential. Uh, not that my parents didn't, but I knew that they had other things going on and they were focused on me not making the same mistakes that my brothers did, that I don't think that they nurtured the success part or like making me feel like I had options or growing. They were so busy trying to make sure that I didn't go one direction that they didn't nurture the other part. Mm -hmm. um, but I was very fortunate and very blessed to have a lot of uh, good friends um, that walked the same path that I did during that time and a lot of great educators, again, that, um, that kind of saw that part of the growing and uh, and reaching my potential. And uh, uh, after that, I've just had really great friendships and mentors and jobs, people that come and go um, that are in my life for a season or a reason. And, um, and I've also been very fortunate to see it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. 
When I hear you sharing your story, I hear a lot like the value of family. Speak very oh, yeah. 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 Was there ever, uh, uh, <clears throat> so it sounds like there was like, <laughs> back to our paths, right? You were, your parents weren't nerd. They were so busy, you didn't take the specific path that your your brothers were taking. But these are your older brothers. Yeah. Right? Your older brothers were taking, but they weren't nurturing the other path. I can imagine at that age, there was like multiple definitions of what success can look like. Um, I, you had a, a privilege of having some great educators. They were sharing or, or, or giving you an image of what success can look like, a path, right? They were nurturing a path for you while your parents were also maybe nurturing a different path, a path, or their definition. Did you ever see those two conf conflict for you or? I think now I see how they were, again, they were like two paths that were uh, parallel. Um, back then, yeah, I definitely didn't understand why they were so different. Like my parents' version of success was me doing something, going off to college and doing something that would contribute to the business. Mm -hmm. um, or I remember when I got accepted to college and I was figuring out where I wanted to go, they wanted me to stay close again so that I could support with the business. Um, and so, yeah, they're... they're uh, definition of success was a little different than what I wanted at the moment. I wanted to go away. I wanted to be free. Um, and they wanted me to stay, um, for the business reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, family has always been really important for me. It's been a really big anchor. Um, sometimes a heavy one, sometimes a stabilizing one, um, that at the moment, at that moment in time, family was an anchor, a heavy one. And I just felt like, like why, why do I have to stay and keep trying to survive, trying to prove myself that I'm not, um, you know, that I'm not gonna make the same mistakes that my brothers did, or it just felt like a, a cycle. And, and at that moment, yes, whatever I was hearing at school and whatever I was hearing at home was going in different directions. And again, now that I'm older, um, and I hate when parents say this, but it's so true. Like now that we're older and I'm a mom and you know, I, now, yeah, now I do understand. Um, and I think I'm, I'm just very grateful that I was able to understand it early on and not wait till I'm a grandma. Yeah. For, uh, for listeners that may be on that younger age, uh, which we do have a lot of uh, youth listening. Um, can you think about now you can reflect back and see the learning aspects of it. Can you think back to that time and maybe the rough patches of the struggle? Uh, is there anything that kind of really re uh, sticks out? Is there a story that really sticks out? A moment that really sticks out? Anything that comes to mind in that time? I remember feeling like I wasn't heard. Um, and I think that's something very common for, for a lot of people, especially when they're young. Um, and I also remember feeling lost at the same, I mean, at the same time that my parents were telling me you should do this. Mm -hmm. My mom used to tell me you need to be a teacher because if something happens in the world, like people will always need teachers. teachers always yeah. Need and I was like, no, mom, pay us more. Yeah. Pay us. <laughs> well, that's exactly why I didn't want to be a teacher. I mean, besides the fact that something in me just said, you need to go against everything your mom's telling you. Yeah. Um, but I was like, mom, you don't know anything. Teachers don't get paid anything. Um, and then she was like, you need to be an accountant. You need to be in accounting because there will always be businesses no matter what happens in the world. And I was like, no, mom. Um, 
But at that, I mean, I knew the things that I didn't want to do, but I also at the same time didn't know what I wanted to do. And that lasted for a couple of years. Uh, and so, I mean, if I could say something to, if I could give some advice to, to the young people listening is, it's okay. It's okay not to, not to know what you want to do. It's okay. It's good to know what you don't want to do. Um, and if you feel like you're not being heard, then we need to find what feels right for us, I, the, the, the right venue of communicating. I remember that uh, when I would talk to my mom, I'd be so angry that I'd always cry. And like, so I would never get out everything that I wanted to get out. Yeah. Um, and so then it wasn't until years, years later that I figured out how to communicate. At that time, I mean, it's hard to think about it when you're young, but like, if I can't verbally express it, then what can I do to get these feelings out and feel like I'm being heard? Yeah. And then also, I mean, I, I when you're, you were telling me earlier that you were also trying to not stand out, to just kind of listen just kind of coast with the wave, right? It sounds like you were really just trying not to create havoc to your parents that it sounds like your brothers were. And sorry, brothers, I don't know you, right? But it sounds like it. it sounds like you were creating havoc and so you were trying to. I just like, I always just think about for me the mixed messages that, that we were being given in, in that time. Uh, I think especially particularly families with our similar background and access of just like, we're trying to just survive. We're trying to just go by. Um, but you also have this like deep feeling of not being heard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was trying to do the opposite of my brothers. If my brothers didn't graduate from junior high, then I needed to make sure that I did because I wanted to show to my parents that I was grateful and that I was listening and that I was learning from all of these um, experiences because I always heard that like, you need to learn from your brothers. You know, no vayas a hacer lo mismo que tus hermanos. And then so I was trying to show them that I was, that I was learning and that I was listening. Um, but then at the same time, uh, I, again, I, I felt like I was, like I wasn't me. Like I, it took me a long, long time to discover who me was. Yeah. And I think this came up in a conversation that a uh, TikTok that I shared with you. Yeah. Uh, about, you sharing some knowledgeable ass TikTok. Yeah, so, right? Hey, if you're not a TikTok learner, you sleeping. That's true. Um, a TikTok that I saw where someone said that the youngest, the firstborn son is a reflection of like the mom's self or something. And um, I was telling you, I was like, Itzel is such a reflection of me when I was younger, just like quiet, like well-mannered doesn't argue back sometimes I want her to argue with me she doesn't um and Esteban yeah and Esteban is like man he will argue with you until the sun comes down and um he is outspoken and he will tell you what he thinks and he'll say no um and I think about that I I think about how that's the person that I've become is like very vocal and and outspoken uh in some in, in a lot of the areas not always but um, but yeah, like the, the fact that I don't know which one is my true self. I don't know if it's because I, I try to be the person who does not create problems. And that was me for, because I, that's actual me or because I had to, because I was surviving, right? I was trying to prove to my parents that, that I was the good kid. Um, 
or if this is the real me right now that I found myself and and I, I feel like I have a purpose and um, and and I have all of these goals which one is the real me I forgot how we got to this but yeah no, it's good. this is the beauty of the podcast this is the beauty of it um damn I have two great great prompting questions but I'm gonna I, I want to go back to you being a mother, sporting a parking lot that right now. Uh, but I did have a, 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 another one about, um, do you think that maybe you were, in a sense, when you say, I don't know which one was the real me, you were just trying not to stand out. Do you think was that just in your home or was that also a cultural, uh, think about the lay of the land in your time, the representation that you had right? Your parents were giving you the representation of something that you were going to bring back to the business. They were thinking of that. Uh, what, were, what was the representation like? Did any of that contribute? Yeah, absolutely. I, I did. I did feel like, uh, like I was in limbo a lot of the time. Um, at school, I went to Franklin Elementary School. Um, it's predominantly Asian. Um, but also, I, I I had a, 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 I had two, I had a Puerto Rican teacher and a Cuban teacher. They were amazing. Um, they were great. It made me feel proud to be, like I saw myself, it made me feel proud to be a Latina. Um, there was also, and they were strong women too. So that also, kind of like my mom. So then yeah. that also kind of kept me in that area of like, I don't want to be the person that they talk to. You know, my mom has to talk to them because they speak Spanish. So they're going to tell them everything. They're going to tell her everything. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna conversations. Yeah, there's going to be no confusion there. Um, and I mean, the, also they were great educators. So then, uh, but yeah, I mean, the in terms of re- representation, something that comes up was that I also felt, I felt lost because my mom, was from El Salvador and at that time there wasn't a lot of uh, Central American representation here in Oakland. Right now it's amazing, right? It's beautiful, yeah. it's great. You have pupusas at taco trucks and you have all yeah, of this. Th- yeah, yeah. You got everyone, the combo, yeah, I love yeah, the combo yeah. restaurants. The Mexican food and the Central yeah. American food. Yeah, you Ooh. got festivals now, you know, the pupusa festival, the Salvadoreño festival, you got all of these things. But at that time it wasn't. And actually there was some, there was negativity. Uh, against uh, Central American or Salvadorian people mm-hmm. that time. I remember hearing it a lot from like my dad's side of the family. Um, I just remember uh, my mom always, my mom didn't know how to cook pupusas, didn't know how to make pupusas. So she would always take me to San Francisco and I hated the BART. So then I was like, oh, I don't want to go to BART, but I want pupusas. Uh, so uh, when Los Cocos opened, oh my God, we would go there all the time. Um, but yeah, it was, I always felt the need because I didn't have an accent, because my mom didn't have a, a Salvadorian accent, because sometimes she had to say she was Mexican. Like I always felt the need that if someone asked me, um, you know, what's your favorite music or type of music, or what's, I always had to to like represent really hard with my Salvadorian side. Yeah, yeah bring it to the table. Yes, yes, all the time. Yeah. Like, I was like, Mexican is not cool. And then, uh, like, Salvadorian is. And then, um, so yeah, I think there was a, there's a lot of just, like, I don't know which way to go from from the get-go, from from identifying where, where I'm from, from, like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, how do I want to show up? in spaces um i didn't want to talk usually like it would make me really nervous um just like even hearing the sound of my voice was just weird to me um 
yeah, so it was also, it, it carried along for a long time. It carried along for a long time until I, I learned how to take ownership of what I wanted and what I didn't want. Mm, say that one, say that bad uh, one yeah. more time for the people <laughs> in the back. Until yeah. when? I, yeah, so I, t- I took ownership of what I, I, I think what was really clear to me early on, simultaneously while all these things were going on, I began to develop um, an idea of, or a conviction, better said, of things I did not want in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that it was, that's why it was so hard to identify the things that I did want in my life because I focused a lot on the things that I did not want and I was very specific about it yeah. because of all of these experiences and feelings. Mm-hmm. You were stuck in that survival. Yeah. You were like, my, this is how my parents are showing me to survive. This is, this is, this is clearly there's an example of how we're not surviving. Uh, Sorry to bring it back to your brothers, but it's like, I think you were just in that, this is how I'm surviving and how I'm contributing in sense, how I'm a contributing member to my family. Yeah. By adding onto this. Absolutely. Um, And so I I love that you mentioned just like, what was the switch, which is the accountability piece, right? Like I, I started to focus on the things that I wanted true to my for myself and that I didn't actually want for myself. Um, yeah, I think that's a big switch that culturally, like, I think maybe I'm putting too much mouth right now, but like culturally we have to make. I think coming from an immigrant Mac background, being an immigrant myself, having to always hide and think about ice, uh, trying purposely, like you cannot look brown enough at 11 o'clock because during the time when I was growing up, you could get pulled over for being brown at 11 o'clock. Um, and so just like how much of that story of the what was going on around us contributing to that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, my brothers, I don't think they're gonna hear this, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows them on your, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, my brothers were the typical, you know, gangbangers, drugs, um, all of these kinds, they were young dads. Um, they, all, all of these things. Um, and so, you know, we, my, my college, um, my essay, my personal essay for college was, I remember this so clearly. It says like, by the age of 17, I've been to more courtrooms than I've been to movie theaters. Like Mm. that has been my story the whole time. Like how much my life has revolved, my earlier life revolved around all of these, uh, you know, inequalities, like all of this discrimination, uh, because they were disserviced when they came to this country in terms of like their school, um, you know, my parents having to work all the time, them being left to themselves, um, civil war back home in El Salvador, like all of these things um, definitely stuck in my head. And add to that, uh, add to that the healthcare system. You know, my mom, my mom passed away from breast cancer uh, when I was 26, 25. Mm. Um, and I just, I just remember her struggle with them having their own business meant that they couldn't afford healthcare. Uh, and then they had to go on Medi-Cal. Um, and then my mom, you know, would go, after she passed away, I found a lot of paperwork where it said like, a uh, patient is complaining about uh, mass, you know, in her, uh, something, you know, left breast or whatever. Um, and it's like going back years and she was never taken seriously. Um, and that whole trauma about around, um, fighting the the healthcare system. My dad's a diabetic. He's been a diabetic for years. Um, fighting that, that trauma too. 
I'm sorry, fighting that battle um, about them not being able to go to the to the hospital or like to have like a constant uh, healthcare in terms of like them teach teaching them uh, about how to take care of themselves and like all of these kinds of things and yeah. also not being able to take care take care of yourself because you're working so much to be able to survive to make ends meet right yeah so like all of that together um, definitely has have has you sorry in survival mode and it's, it's really hard to get out of it yeah how can you think about what I want and the future and what I want for myself when I see my family going through this consistently right and how can it like any other youth member similarly has seen more courtrooms and movie theaters or museums and by the age of 16 17 like how can you think about the bright future uh, or be engaged in those conversations or or when you're sitting in a setting and that's all people are talking about when like you can't help but to think about yeah absolutely I mean I, at some point I think I did feel guilty I felt guilty about how can I think about a bright future for me with less responsibilities because that means that either a I am walking away from responsibilities and then these responsibilities are then going to be given to someone else my yeah. parents um, and I had a little sister um, uh, nine years younger than myself so she also caught a wind of all of this that was going on not as much as I did but enough for her to to have it be a part of her life as well um and or or like how the guilt of walking away right or again or like not not contributing enough to the family um and that i think now that i look back i think that also was a thing like how how can I think about myself when my family is going through so much and why do I get to walk away or why does Milo get to be minimized yeah. um, when theirs keeps going and potentially getting bigger? Did you see that minimized, that quote unquote minimized load for yourself? Was that choosing to go to college? Was that choosing? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's two, two things happened there. Um, I went away to Occidental College. Um, I came back my the beginning of my junior year. Um, because again, I didn't know what I wanted and there, my mom had been diagnosed with, um, breast cancer. She got a vasectomy. Um, and at some point I lost myself. Uh, I didn't know. I started partying. That's how I dealt with, uh, everything that was going on. So I came back. Um, but yeah, like me leaving, I felt guilt. I remember it when my mom called me, I was, I didn't even come back my first summer. Like that's how much I you weren't trying to face it. Yeah, I wasn't trying to face it. She she called me and she said, um, you know, they detected a lump. It's serious. I'm bidding on the me tomorrow. So I don't know if it's like that's how fast it happened or like she had just been sitting on it and told me afterwards. Um, but it threw me for a loop. It threw me for a loop. And and then eventually I came back again because I was like, how is it that I'm I'm not supporting or how is it that I'm not helping? I'm here at college uh, in LA, um, not too far away, but not close enough. And, um, and yeah, afterwards I just, it, it wasn't until I was an adult that my sister, because my sister got the, the, the big part here. Um, she told me afterwards, like my mom didn't want to be honest with me about what was going on because she didn't want me to come back. She, we had a love-hate relationship where um, 
where I think she, she wanted me to, again, I learned this after she passed away, um, that she wanted me to succeed, but also didn't know how to encourage me to succeed because it was such a different path. I was growing up such a different way than she did back in El Salvador. Um, and she had to be a grown up when she was a kid and she didn't know how to encourage the growth um, that I was having. Uh, and so then like all of those, all of those things just in my brain <laughs> at one point or another. Uh, and it, it made it, it made it difficult. It made it difficult to, to know what I wanted mm-hmm. at that point. But I definitely did know what I did not want at that point as well, yeah. which was like to have my parents go through all of these things while me being away. Yeah, 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 that is difficult. Um, and it sounds like even though your mom maybe didn't understand the your path to success or what you were defining as success for in that moment, I mean, she was only contributing to what she knew how. I know I reflect back on my, like, some of the decisions that my mom made that I feel like affected my life in the, my future, quote unquote. Um, but I know that they all came from a place of like, that's all she knew. She knew nothing else. So it's not like I could hold her accountable for what she did not know. Yeah, that that uh, wisdom came years later with a lot of therapy, a lot of good friends. <laughs> Shout and out to the therapists. Yes, Shout out. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of um, just life lessons within themselves, mm-hmm. uh, being out in the real world, uh, really let me know like there's a lot of unfinished business when she passed away that being one of them um and just a lot of wanting to to resolve and be at peace with my mom that was one of the life lessons i learned um, a couple of years after she passed away that her life was so hard that she did she honestly did do the best she could with what she knew and what she had um she definitely did better than her mom did Um, And I'm assuming that her mom did better than what, you know, her mom did. Um, And uh, not too long ago, I think it was last year, maybe, my dad made a comment like that, too. He's like, I'm doing better than my dad, and my dad is definitely doing better than his dad. And that was just a reminder of that we're all human and uh, we make mistakes and, you know, we it's up to us. You know, we choose what we what we want in our life and what we don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to give ourselves grace in that yeah. space. I've, I've like really learned that oh, yeah. recently. Yeah. Give ourselves grace. Um, I think it's a perfect segue to talk about you now as a mother. How has that, how, so you had your definition. We were just talking about like, you know, your mother's mother's contribution to her addition of success, your mother's contribution to yours. How have you, reshape that definition maybe use your experiences oh for sure as a mom again like when I remember being a kid and I remember saying when I'm a mom or when I have kids I'm not gonna do this or I'm not gonna you know behave this way um and not to get I mean well I mean with all all honesty like one of the things that I told myself was that I was not gonna be like my my babies were not gonna be an accident, right? I was gonna be like, oh my God, I got pregnant. No, my, my babies were planned. Um, and that was like the first thing where, how I shaped my 
my path to motherhood. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure I was ready. I wanted to make sure that um, that I was prepared to give up a lot of things uh, to be able to be with them and to do the things that or let me take that back and to, to make sure that I was doing the things that prevented me from getting to a place where I was repeating patterns mm -hmm. um, so I was very very intentional about my kids um, and again like the things that shaped has shaped me as a mother right now is just remembering the things that I don't want so yeah. one of the things that I don't want my kids to say is my mom you know doesn't know what's going on at school or my mom doesn't know my teacher so mm -hmm. then I do the exact opposite I make sure I'm at all of the meetings or I make sure I don't miss any conferences or or I, if I can't go, then my husband goes or my sister goes where someone's going, someone's going to be in the know and it's going to be involved. Um, because I want to make sure that I'm present. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, I again, have had the privilege of seeing that and you do such a great job of balancing all the acts. I think also something no, uh, worth noting is that you, you are a, a, a site operations manager at Achieve Academy, which is one of the schools in our organization that we work with. Um, but your kids go to a different school that's within the same network. Uh, but you like make it happen. Like sometimes some of those, uh, you know, back to school nights or things like that, they're both. And I'll catch you translating in one. And then like, bam, you pull up to your kids, right? And like you said too, you have a community that supports you and make sure that is also able to be there. Um, but I think you do such a great job. And something that I don't think we've like highlighted enough too is like you are also now is it managing, leading, accounting for your parents' business? Your your dad's still thriving business. Like, how do you balance all that? How do you how do you take care of you and everyone else? Wow. Um, yes, thank you. The uh, I am. I'm at both schools, um, and I manage my dad's accounting. Um, I took over the business when my mom passed away. Um, about I think it's going to be 16 years this December. Um, while still managing to create a career and raise a family, um, and uh, it's hard. I don't. I don't even know. I was thinking about this question. I don't know um, where it's. It's an adrenaline rush. I think it's. A, that's. I think one of the things. Not. Not. The, <laughs> you get the workers high. Or what? I, I do. I do. I was just gonna say that. I was like, it's definitely a workers high. Um, I think that because I spent a lot of time questioning whether I even had a purpose in this lifetime or maybe I was going to discover it in my next lifetime, the fact that I have discovered talents um, within myself uh, and passions. Um, the translation piece is a, a, a recently discovered passion when, when I got to achieve um, and uh, just being a part of my kids' education is also a, a passion of mine. It, it does give me a high. Um, and also uh, doing, I mean, I, I work a 40 hour plus week uh, at the school and then You're I come home. You're being humble. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like a 60 plus. That's, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. Um, and then uh, I think that the, the work at Achieve fulfills my personal uh, just growth in, in work. Uh, what I do for my dad's business, um, I do it out of gratitude um, for the business that gave me the opportunity uh, to be where I am because 
you know, it fed me, it clothed me. Um, and out of respect for my dad, um, my dad's a, my parents are a, a big piece of me. Um, and so I do it out of, out of respect uh, and gratitude for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mom piece, I just, I never thought that being a mom would be this cool. Right. Yeah. It's, I always had a fear. You make it look cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you for sure make it look cool. Yeah. Um, Your kids are cool too. <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to that kid. You're not cool. You're not cool. My kids are not cool. Um, I think, yeah, I always had this fear. I lived in fear too, um, that my kids, you know, there's, I, I don't know if you, you've caught on to this at Ailey, but I have this control OCD thing going on. <laughs> what, in, in, in organizing and crates and systems? Yeah, in yeah, everything and everything. And one of my biggest fears in, in, um, in raising tiny humans, right, is that at some point you lose control and they're going to do what they want, uh, how they want it. Um, and so I think that I, I'm trying to do as much as I can um, before they get to that point so that when they get to that point you know they'll have that little voice in the back of their head telling them you know to do the right thing uh and uh so it's uh being a parent really really means a lot to me it's it's really intentional um and so I, I try to give it my all from like planning their swimming classes to, you know, their summer programming, whatever it is that has to do with their upbringing. Um, I, I'm really intentional about it again because I, I want them to that when they get to be adults, um, they can be blessed with the opportunity to, to be self-reflective um, and to grow and hopefully not need as much therapy. <laughs> as you know we've gone through (laughs) that's hella funny that's so funny um I think what you've done very beautifully and I just want to highlight is like you've provided so many examples to both of your kids um when I was hearing you say like you have to let them go and do the and they're at some point they're gonna do their life I thought about what you were telling me about like your mom right like she essentially did let you go and you had to create that and so you're doing that for them um and and I think it's beautiful that you have used your experience to make sure that you provide your kids many examples of what it could look like. I have, um, while Esteban is very energetic, <laughs> uh, I, ha- I see, I see his just like leadership, his comfort in being him a hundred percent, right? And so like, I, I think that's like, that's all you, you have shown him those paths. Um, I, I, I really see like, the, the growth that you've had in the last couple years, well, we've mentioned three, four, five years now. In those years, like that growth, when you say like Excel was little me, Estelle is little is me now. Like absolutely, I see that. We were just talking about right, like Esteban knew only Spanish by the time he was in kinder. My kiddo learned English in like two, three weeks. But I think it's just like his just self worth is so a hundred percent thing. And you've been nurturing that. You've been nurturing that for him. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think I have. I think I um, I forget to step back and look at and to look and see what what my family and I um, have have created. Yeah, I've created. Um, it took us a long time to get here. Yeah. Uh, because my. It, you know, my dad and my sister live with me. They've lived with me since my mom passed away. Um, 
and with me and my husband uh, and my kids. And it's definitely been a family effort. So I've seen my dad grow from being like a workaholic, um, kind of like a little machista, not a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but like a little machista. Old school. Yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely old school. Um, he wears yeah. the tejanas too. Yeah. I just want to note that he wears the tejanas and the belt. And so the boots. Sure, old school. And, and the boots. boots. Yeah, old school for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that th- from the way that he raised me, um, he's definitely grown um, in raising, helping raise my kids. Um, and yeah, I think one of the things that, that is really important to me is making sure that my kids uh, respect me in the in the aspect of uh, not like fear me a little bit, but uh, just <laughs> enough, gotta keep that little just, bit. Just enough to, to like, yeah, just enough to be like, dang, what? What my mom do? She found out I did this. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> to keep that little voice ringing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> but also like trust me to have a conversation. And I know they're not gonna come to me for everything. They go to my sister for some things. They go my to my dad for other things. Um, but but also to to have them feel like they're heard and their opinion matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and give them choice. Uh, I think one of the things that has really stuck with me that I did with both of my kids when they were young. Um, now not so much cause they have a say in what they do, but, uh, <laughs> like I put my daughter in so many things over the summer. Like she did a karate, she did ballet, she did cheerleading. She did, she did a bunch of things. This summer? Not this summer. No, no, no. Camp, I was like, she was working this summer. <laughs> she was working. No, no, no. She's a hard worker. <laughs> when she was younger. Um, same thing with Esteban. I put him in like a soccer camp. I put him in like different types of camps just so that they, know that there are a lot of things out there and that they have a choice that they can like some things now they can like some things later they can come back to things that they they liked and and hopefully with that create a mentality of being a lifelong learner um no free advertisement to achieve academy for their vision and mission but uh <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's pretty embedded it, it is it is lifelong <laughs> learners uh, to be a lifelong learner, they, they can learn new things. They can like new things. They can like a lot of things. They can like, you know. Um, be clear about yeah. what you don't like. Yeah, be clear about what you don't like. Yeah, from experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, the, and then they have choice, yeah. right? That they have choice, and they can try things and not like them, and it's okay, and not feel like they're married to it. And like mm-hmm. now, I invested all this time and money in this, and now I have to do it. I think that's what happened with me in college and something like that's where I got lost in addition to like what was going on with my mom is that I felt like whatever I decided was the final say yeah. um, and it wasn't even something I liked I was just kind of trying to to figure something that would set me up for life come mm-hmm. to realize that there is absolutely nothing that will set you up for life yeah and when you think of setup it's like a measurement right because like when I think of like what I would be set up for life it was really hard for me in high school or right after high school as an 18 year old to think about what life could be because the only measurement was material things. And so coming from uh, fucking eating maruchans for two years straight when my parents first came to the country uh, to like seeing the measurement of success that society was selling me, I was like, girl, I'm never gonna be successful. I'll probably be dead by 22 based on my circumstances and choices. Um, it was just like, the measurement was not realistic. Did you have a measurement for success growing up? Uh, No, absolutely not. I think, 
again, yeah, like my measurement of success was something that was setting me up for life, which in turn, I think, uh, what's, what's the word? Like it, it just, it, it's, it was non-existing. I was, I was trying, I was beating myself up over something that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't understand that at the time. Um, it's not until now that I see the little successes also in, in thinking about the question in thinking about the questions about today, I realized that even up until now, I think that I sometimes have not considered myself successful because I'm thinking of this like long-term success. Um, and, like, and, uh, and success as a whole versus like there, there are battles that I've won where I've been successful. Um, and then comes another battle and then comes another battle. So like thinking, thinking of it as, you know, happenings in my life, in time periods in my life versus like my whole life. I, I think that that's where the discrepancy is. It, it doesn't exist. And we grow up thinking it does and people tell us that it does, like right? Like there's this one thing yeah. at the end of something. Yeah, that's that, gonna forever. Like it's right there. Yeah, and, yeah. Then you're, and, then it, and then you're successful so then nothing else bad happens. Yeah, you'll never have yeah. to work again. <laughs> yeah. You just kick back. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think that growing up, like I, I didn't think about success. Again, I just thought about surviving yeah. and, and then winning. Right. Like winning the little battles. Like, um, after my mom passed away, I had to, to learn the business. So then that happened. Um, I got audited by the IRS because the year that my mom passed away, she didn't do a great job, uh, with the bookkeeping because she was sick. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the year that I took over, we got audited and we had and to pay. Were like 26. I, yeah, I was 20, 25, okay. 26. I had no idea what the business was, you know, yeah, was, you yeah. Pick up what, your bookkeeper now. I didn't know what the IRS was and what they could do. And, uh, <laughs> and then I found out. Um, you and then, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I had a, a scare with, uh, my sister's health, right? Like she, um, got diagnosed with lupus about a year after my mom passed away and lupus was fairly new at the time. So like we had doctors telling us, I'm sorry, I can't help you because I don't know enough about lupus. Um, mm-hmm. then, then she went into renal failure. Um, again, battling, battling the healthcare system because even though she was also born and raised in Oakland, she didn't have healthcare. Yeah. Right. Um, and then like I, because of the experience that I went with, through with my mom, I refused to get Medi-Cal. I refused it. And so it was, like a pride it, was, it was, it was a pride and I was scared. Experience. I was scared that because I wasn't her legal guardian. Um, sometimes doctors would say like, Oh, you know, your dad has to be here. But like my dad also, he was mourning the loss of his wife, which, and then like two months later, his mom passed away and he was going through a lot on his own. So I took charge over, her um, her healthcare situation. Um, so I, some doctors did turn me away and say, you're not a legal guardian, you can't you know make choices or decide anything. Um, other doctors worked with us really well, but I, I, I do remember having to take her to the emergency room twice a year, every six months, literally every six months, and having to pay out of pocket every single time um, because I refused to, to get uh, Medi-Cal for her. My dad didn't have health insurance because again, he was working his own business mm-hmm. and it was it was an affordable. Thank God for Obamacare. Um, and that's how we were able to get a steady flow on um, 
on just like her her insurance, like not paying out of pocket every time we went to the to the hospital, um, and then just get her on a path where she could uh, get her kidney and be healthy. So once once I, I mastered the business, um, and I, I would say I probably mastered the business like maybe. I mean, and then the pandemic hit, like maybe right before the pandemic and the pandemic hit, and then I had to remaster it again. Um, but like after the, that, it was like my my sister's health, and then it was my dad's health because I became obsessive compulsive with like making sure his blood sugars were right because I didn't want to lose them. Yeah. And then so like there's there's all of these little battles throughout life that I would wonder myself is like, when is it going to be okay? When am I going to be able to? breathe and say um I made it yeah and I don't think is I think it's not maybe until this year that I've been able to say that for myself and really own it um because it took me that long to realize that that doesn't exist like I'm striving for perfection and it's not not existing yeah sounds like the measurements of success in the in in those times like you said were the survival moments right it's like my sister's here I was able to do this. I was able to take over the business. I'm taking care of my dad. Like those were the successes. And um, I can also in that same breath, see why it's difficult to consider those like, oh, great measurements of success. Let's celebrate this win. We alive. <laughs> like it's hard to celebrate yeah. that. Absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, you, we you should. You, but, yeah, yeah, it's like you're scared and, and then you, you kind of don't want to talk about it. Right. Because like you, it's like you don't want to say, you know, it's like saying Bloody Mary or like Kukui, right? Like you yeah. don't want to say it out loud because then it'll come mm -hmm. back. And so, yeah. You're going to jinx your, your win yeah. if you say it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. And and throughout my whole life, I mean, since I can remember, I've been worrying about other people to your comment about self-care. Um, and I think I think it. it Culturally speaking, um, and then I, you know I, you'll understand this, and a lot of people who are listening too is, um, I think women, daughters, we are emotional uh, caretaking baggage mm -hmm. is huge and heavy, um, and it takes a long time, if we're lucky, to first identify we have a baggage yeah then <laughs> then unpack what's in the baggage yeah. right and then and then not pick and choose but like really decide and analyze what are the things that we can put back in our baggage and what are the things that we need to make peace with and let go um and it wasn't until i think my self-care journey started um maybe a little bit before the pandemic um when i decided to start unpacking my baggage and I realized that I needed to let like my the baggage that belonged to my brothers go and make peace with it. Um, and then I had to go to therapy with my dad to unpack that baggage. Our together baggage. Yeah. While simultaneously going to therapy with my husband yeah. to unpack that baggage. I was mm -hmm. seeing two therapists at once. Um, to really start to unload some things because I felt like I was drowning. Because the last 12 years um, at that point have been about taking about taking care of other people while behind doors like my health was deteriorating and getting really bad so then I think the first uh, step towards taking care of myself 
besides thinking I had to go to the gym um, because that's like the only thing that I thought about. Yeah, we get fed that. Yeah, Yeah, go to the gym. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, no, yes, but no. Um, Was the the multiple therapies sessions and therapists that I had to see to um, start to unpack issues that I thought other people were having with me Mm -hmm. and then eventually learned that these were like the issues that I was having with other people and then so then the common denominator was me yeah and then I had to figure out where that was coming from Mm -hmm. um and from there is where I started to to really say like no or I am like I I love you but I am releasing you now from my, my care mm-hmm. um, and from starting to stop like trying to control everything because from having to, to have control or like yeah from the need to have control because it, it was a, a, a do or die like with my sister or like with my dad I began to have this obsessive control over everything and everyone else in my life. Um, and that was deteriorating to me. And then so then when I finally realized that, then I had to work towards how to let people go. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where my real journey for self-care began. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see if you're measuring success by overcoming these small little battles, that is in a sense like how you're defining success. And so you're sitting here carrying all, all I envisioned you was carrying like all these luggages when you're talking about, I unpacked my, with my dad, I unpacked with my husband, I unpacked myself, right? Like you're carrying all, you look like the Central de Guadalajara con all the bags coming back a las cuatro de la mañana, right? Like you're just like holding them all and no one's with you. Um, Yeah, and I'm really glad that you touched on just like what, how self-care for you was unpacking that shit with the therapist. Um, because I think like culturally we don't do that and I will say that for me that was the game changer and being able to truly identify what success meant for me find some uh, graceful measuring uh, counters like how can I actually measure success while giving myself grace Um, I I was able to do that only through therapy Uh, and it was in the packing that shit (laughs) for real I mean also I think like the people who are thinking about um getting therapy, like realize that, that you're, I went through like five therapists. It wasn't until the last one that I need to go back and see that I feel like I I made a lot of growth. Um, but if the therapist is not going to give you the answers, like you have to be in a place where you're self-reflecting and being honest about things, right? Some things happen in my family. Stop bullshitting yourself. You can't Some things happen in my family that I am embarrassed about. And then it took me a while to be honest about them so that I could unpack what came with that, like whatever unhealthy habits that I created that came with that. Um, Once you lay it out there and you say it out loud, you know, two things happen. You release yourself of some of the heaviness Mm -hmm. and then you can think about what to do afterwards, whether it be like you resolve it, you step away from it. Um, or, uh, you know, you, you face it on with that person. Um, but definitely 
therapy is not someone who's going to tell you what you want to hear. They should be able to get you to that point where you're being honest and you're being self-reflective. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're holding yourself uh, when letting go. It's like you're letting go of the things that no longer serve you and continuing to unpack and further work on those that will, right? And essentially those things that will serve you are the pieces that you hold yourself accountable for. You talked about like, I was trying to control everyone else. I was trying to, this is how I was trying to hold on to my wins by controlling everyone else and ensuring that there were wins. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, but but that wasn't serving you. No, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot of work. I remember um, like when my sister was sick, I would, um, at the at the time, I was uh, an after-school pro- uh, coordinator, so I was working eight-hour days, um, and when I got uh, off of work, I remember I would go home, I'd take a shower, and then I would pack a bag and would go sleep at the hospital, and I'd try to be there as late as I could to try to catch the doctor before rounds, which meant that then I was commuting back home at five, six o'clock in the morning, just enough time to give my, like by that time my husband was ready, he was ready to go to work. I'd stay, then I'd have to wake up at seven, um, get my kid ready, drop her off at daycare. Um, and it went on like, it went on like that for years and years. Um, and then, you know, my dad got sick, uh, his diabetes was uncontrolled. Um, you know, living in Oakland is always an adventure as well. I love Oakland, but it definitely keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything that comes with that, uh, I worked at a school at a time uh, that was on in, right on East 14 on International. So that also was exciting every day with our three-hour <laughs> lockdowns. It was a lot. It was a lot happening, and it got exhausting. It got exhausting yeah. at some at, at not at some point at at a, at multiple points. Um, and, and then that's when I realized that I just had to let some things go because at that point, even though I was having wins, they didn't feel like wins anymore. No. Yeah. I can imagine. It's really hard to feel those like wins. Uh, and we've only like untapped, we've only like unpacked and talked about like your personal life for those, for those listeners that like don't work with Millenni, there's like, oh yeah, it's a whole other uh, thing to be processing that as like in your personal life while also being an educator or in an education uh, setting. So yeah, that's a whole, that, that'll be, that's another episode. That'll be another episode for Millenni. Um, how has like the measurement of success shifted for you now post-therapy uh, unpacking? I think it's a, it's a work in process. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a person that, uh, and am I, I mean, to say I'm, I'm a humble person. I think kind of feels like counterintuitive. <laughs> humble, <laughs> uh, uh, but I am. Uh, so I think that it's again, it's it's it hasn't maybe like last year, last year and this year, I've began to feel and like identify and own success in my life. Um, again, like I just sometimes am in my room and I'm like, damn. So chingona, like hey. this is cool. Like I am sitting here, and I, you know, like my kids are doing whatever, running amok at the house, and they they're fine, they're safe. Yeah. Uh, you know, my sister's healthy. My I have a good relationship with my brothers. Uh, I have a stable relationship with my brothers. 
just, in be case, honest, just, be just in case they do hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't want to get fact Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want them to think we're all cool. Um, and then, and then I think about not bringing work home. I, to me, that's like a big success. Like the fact yeah. that I'm able to, to, to have some mastery in my career, the fact that I have a career, I think that's one of the biggest successes that I can actually say is that for someone who grew up thinking she didn't have a purpose in this lifetime, cause I believe in that we have multiple lifetimes, mm-hmm. um, that I didn't have a purpose and then finding my purpose and finding that I like it yeah. and finding that I'm good at it is just such a huge fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that's, that's one of my biggest successes. And again, like it isn't until this year. I mean, I've been in education for about 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it isn't until now that I feel that I've am a success, a success in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with my family. Like there's been occasions where, you know, my daughter has come and confided stuff in me and I'm like, wow, like I could have never imagined that we were going to have this type of conversation. She doesn't have like to have these types of conversations, of course, cause she's a teenager, yeah. but like to me, they mean the world. Um, and they, it's a testament to, to what I hoped our relationship would be mm-hmm. um, the relationship she has with me. Like she jokes around with me. Sometimes she takes it too far, but it's okay because the fact that she feels comfortable to do it, to go that far and be sarcastic, um, <clears throat> is really cool. Same thing with my dad. Like I think that's another success that I, to me now, I feel like a success. The fact that he's retired. He's been retired for about maybe ten years now. Mm-hmm. and like he I can take care of him I can take care of him we take care of him we, we move as a unit we move as a family um, we have a great relationship as well um, I think my my vision of success or my my definition of success definitely grown and morphed and shifted and changed colors from when I can first remember but now I think about it in silos Mm -hmm. because when I was trying to run everything together that's where I lost myself and now so I have to think about it in silos and little islands um, that I can bring in or push away uh, in order to to interact with them otherwise if I put them all together then I think that that's that's going back to square one yeah so it's not fair, right? Like there's so much beauty in, in in each intricacy that to try to put everything together as like, oh, this is the this is what success looks like. You're just like taking from each one of us. Yeah, and then it's again, it's it puts you back into a um, something that's not real. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's not real. What's like the the, the fairy tale? White yeah. White fence. We were so like, I don't want a white picket fence. I want bars on my windows. Yeah. Is what I want. <laughs> Right? And a big dog. (laughs) Something beautiful I heard throughout this whole time, Melanie, um, and I really want to thank you again for for being open to this. I think this was long long overdue. Um, Is like you turned your experience, not you turned, you were able to unpack your experiences uh, through the work that you were doing, the self work that you were doing, and you, you were able to find gifts in those experiences. 
those gifts, then you later saw beauty in them. You applied them in, in your in your world. Uh, you you nourish those gifts. I see you learning. Uh, you purposely also put yourself through learning experiences, and so that is how those gifts are happening, right? And I say all that to say that because I had learned for myself that the beauty that I see in my story, in myself, and that I'm able to essentially turn that into healing and see the beauty of it all, even the uncomfortable moments, I'm now able to see the beauty in the world, right? And so when you're actually now saying, I can see the beauty of my relationship with my father, the beauty of my relationship with my husband, my kids, with my career, like you're able to now see it because you saw it within you first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for many, many years, I lived with resentment, with um, the what if, like it just playing scenarios in my head. What if this would have happened? What if this person would have treated me this way? Why? What if, why me? Yeah. Um, I think that when I was able to step out of that mm-hmm. and I can't even tell you how that happened. I, I, um, I think I've always been a, a learner. So I, yeah, you're right. Putting myself in other, uh, in situations that allowed me lo- to learn and grow. I, I think it's what helped me to get out of that space. Um, really helped me uh, just switch things around. Switch things around. I think being in the victim mentality, at least in my situation, mm-hmm. um, really wasn't helping me at all. It was... It was making me feel, I think, it wouldn't allow me to see me, right? It would allow me to see me. Like, what was my potential? It's like what a shade. I like, like yeah. a victim is like this shade that covers you or like yeah. this, like, shadow. It limits you. Yeah. Right? It limits you, right? Because you're always thinking about the bad things that happened or didn't happen or could have happened. What the world owes you. Yeah, what the world owes you. And so you you miss out on opportunities to go out and find the things that you want or and realize the things that you don't want right and then so in my particular situation i think um the being a learner the 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 wanting to grow the not wanting to be the person that makes the other person feel like that like feel like a victim or feel like like crap um really really helped me take some Take a direction, yeah. I think, in life. Yeah, sure. And then realize that the one direction does not have to stay that mm-hmm. one direction. And that things work. If they work for me, as long as they don't hurt anybody else, if they work for me and my family, then that's a, that's a win. That's a yeah. success. Yeah. yeah, for me, the, the game changer in my life was changing from victim to creator to like creating my life, creating my my choices, my opportunities, everything. And really like, I'm not a victim, right? Like that should happen to me. That was shitty. It should have never happened to a kid at that age. Uh, however, like the world doesn't owe me anything, right? And so like really cutting off that victim mentality and going into that creator mode. Um, and, and that is what like really has allowed to create the choices, to create the opportunities, to allow yourself. I think about uh, anytime that I work with a team or when I work with myself, now that I'm thinking like 
like think of a goal, I always think of like, what is the address at the end of the GPS that I'm gonna input, right? Because if you put and put an address into a GPS system, no matter what you use, you get like, I'm gonna stop and talk to this homie. I'm gonna stop at the liquor store. I'm gonna re, oop, I missed the exit. Like no matter what happens in life, you're gonna be rerouted, right? And when I hear of like, really removing yourself from the victim mentality and putting yourself into the creator, I think of the freedom of choosing to change that address whenever the fuck I want, right? Like, I, oh, nope, that's not where I'm headed no more. We're gonna change that address. And there, there's comfort in that, there's joy, there's creativity in that, and not guilt and shame. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, it's no, no secret, I'm 40, right? I yelled it, yelled it at the top of my lungs for years, the 40, like, I, I just think of, thank you, thank you. I Well, I just think of Sex in the City all the time, like 40 <laughs> is the new 20s or something, um, but... I, Wiser in with money? Yes, yeah. No, and, and that's to my point, it's like, um, you... You think you're gonna get, okay, you're, you're, you're in college, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna have a... a I don't know, a car, I'm gonna, um, you know, buy a car, I'm gonna buy a, a condo, I don't know what, whatever, right? Um, but as time goes by, as, as life goes by, right, our needs and our wants change, right? Can you imagine eating the same food, you know, like for 15 years? Um, it changes. And, and I think that sometimes we get on our way because we are set on like, no, I said I was going to buy this condo. But I actually don't need a condo. I need, you know, something else, yeah, right? Like right. a studio. I can't do uh, with the HOA. Yeah, yeah right. Um, or like, I actually want to travel. Like, does it really make sense for me to be tied down to, um, you know, to a mortgage or like a, a sale yeah, or something? I think that. Right. Wait, I was asked yeah. recently the question of like, okay, you're, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm like doing the adult things now. Uh, I got life insurance, like, like outside of just the work. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm doing the adult thing, and I was asked that of like um uh shit I just lost my train of thought uh yeah yeah I was just asked that like hey are you gonna are you the next thing for you should be property you shouldn't be renting da, 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 da. it should be property and I looked at the person I was like really I was like I for one like I don't even know if I want to stay here like I love I love Oakland don't get me wrong I can see myself like commuted period but I I've been an immigrant most of my life I've never traveled and so I don't see purchasing property while everyone else thinks that's like a lineage of success or a, a measurement of success. I'm like, what if, what if this is not where I want to plant roots, yeah. <laughs> right? It's true. And yeah, we've been fed this idea. I mean, my parents included and they fed it to me and I, you know, I took it. The, the property, right? Like we, we just bought a house, um, in Hayward, uh, Damn, I'm giving all my address and my details. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we just bought a, a house. We left Oakland, um, and I was it was such a big stressor. I needed to find a house that allowed for all six of us to live together and that allowed us to grow. You know, it's me and my husband. Yeah, it's my dad. It's my sister, um, who's a full-grown adult. It's my two kids who are still growing. So, and um, we have a business, so we have to have room for business and for my cat, because, you know, she's going to inherit my house when I die. <laughs> and, um... Shout out yeah, to the cat. Yeah, Fluffy. <laughs> and then, so, I stressed out for a couple of years in uh, creating, like, finding this home and creating a home, something that 
uh, met my needs and my dad's needs because you know my dad had his old ideas of what a property should be. Um, what he did. Uh, we almost bought one. <laughs> uh, but so then now six years later, uh, you know things here are getting so expensive. Like we're getting older. Um, my husband's getting older. I'm not. But uh, <laughs> the, keeping this business, my kids are growing. You know, my daughter's in high school and stuff. And and just thinking, like, I really have had this conversation with my husband. It's like, what if we left? Where, where would you want to go? Mm-hmm. Um, where do you, uh, you know, like, yesterday we were uh, in Napa. And I was like, if we moved out here, I was like, what do you consider yourself doing? Like, what would you, what would you see? Yourself? Yeah. Like, where do you think you would work? Because um, right now he works for my dad, right? He works, yeah. uh, we both work for my dad. And so then, I mean, if you would have told me this six years ago, Never. I would have said never leaving the Bay Area. No, what the hell? Like, I'm I'm Oakland, ride or die. Like, that was, you know, like seven years ago. And now, then, you know, the last six years, I've been like, you know, just Bay Area, ride or die. But then, you know, life sets in and you, I think, again, like now, like aha moment right now is like, maybe I am in my success and like just reaping you know was it like uh, disfrutando de mi cosecha yeah and then so now i'm thinking yeah it's like now i'm thinking okay now the big workload is done the big big investment is done Mm -hmm. you know where do where do i go from here and then so i thought about it it's like wow maybe you know sell my house rent it out move somewhere else where i don't feel like i have to survive as much um you know my kids are are growing up um and uh, like, where do I go? What's, what's my next step, right? What's my ne- the next phase you of my life? To the, to the question, that was one of the questions. What's next for Melanie? Yeah, keep, keep, keep elaborating on that. What's next? Uh, so you're talking about like your, your, sounds like these are questions that you have been kind of like centering in your moment, right? Um, let me know if you need some water. So it sounds like these are questions that you've been um, kind of thinking about, how, you know, what's next for personal Melanie and career Melanie? Oh my God, something in my throat. Um, Career-wise, I definitely have been toying with the idea of something else. Don't scared. Don't be scared, y'all. Don't be scared. My boss isn't listening to this. Yeah. Um, she won't. She won't. Yeah. Do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. But everybody else, don't tell. Don't tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually, I've had conversations with her about this too. It's like it feels. Like we're slowly approaching to an end. And I think about it, it's like, where do I picture myself going from here? Like with knowing my new talents and my new passions, right? Like you and I have- You've had those. You've just like fully highlighted them and developed them. You've had those. I think um, you and I have actually like fantasized about having a, a education translation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, don't give our idea away, but we with it. No, yeah, no, we got business coming. Yeah. But I think it, I've been thinking a little bit bigger. Like, where do I see myself going? What do uh, I see myself doing? Something definitely that fulfills that uh, that service need. I am a person of service. I've discovered this uh, a few years ago, and I, I say it every time I can. I am a person of service. I like to serve the community. I like to to help. I like to educate. Um, I joke around about going to Starbucks and working as a barista just so I can clear my head, but 
Um, they seem pretty stressed out sometimes. I don't think so. Lately, lately, it's a, be nice to the Starbucks people, even though they're not consistent. Then if we didn't have any coffee. Yeah, they've so. been looking stressed out lately. Yeah, Every Starbucks true. I go to now, I'm just like, oh, that's it's true. Weird. That's because they added the DoorDash and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's yeah, why yeah, I'm that, yeah. They look like robots, just like. <laughs> but no, so maybe a barista. <laughs> Um, I do, I mean, I do find myself exhausted of, of everything that I put in because I'm, I'm a giver. I'm a person of service. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 110% and that can get exhausting, but it's also very fulfilling. I tell my team this all the time. Uh, anybody that I work with, um, I am invested in their growth because if they, they know how, if they know how to do what I do, then I can do something bigger. Yeah. Right, I can delegate, and then they grow, and we both grow. So That's then, leader should see it. Yeah. So then, um, I, I like teaching. I like. So it has to be definitely whatever I do, if and when I step away from this um, position. Definitely has to. It, it will have to be something of service and something of growth, um, and something um, that has to do with education. Yeah. But, We're always looking to grow the Camino program. So. Mm, Tell me more. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then also, I mean, to give the opportunity to other people to step in to leadership as well. I think, um, you know, I think I've always used this comparison. I think education is like healthcare. We're like a hospital, right? Like, you, we have to grow. We have to evolve um, at some point. Like, my skill set mm, might not evolve, you know, with the needs of the school, and somebody else uh, will have to come in, and then I will have to step out. So. Um, definitely thinking of my options. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I also, uh, I think something I'm really excited and looking forward to in this year that we're doing together is just like really lean into that development. Um, and I, I really am excited about that. Uh, personally have been something that I think can really highlight, I think in your life and hearing your story, but can really highlight in myself if like the game changer was also, I fully developed the I areas and the gifts and the talents and the skills that I would see myself learning and high like, oh wow, through my experience, I got this skill, now let's fully develop it. And so we see that in the people that we work with of like, we can see those skills because we, we went through that path. While they may or may not be ready to see it themselves, like we're ready to nourish it and to nurture it uh, and to develop it. So I'm excited to do that this year. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really glad that you're in this position um, because I think that you're, your skill set and your charisma is really going to inspire some people. Um, and uh, you can politely say what some of us cannot. That's where I think the yin and yang worked out, huh? Melania was like, Melania. Uh, Melania would come to me and ask me, how, how do you, how can I say this in the nicer version or in the professional version of something? I, I am very honest and very clear. I don't like to beat around the bush because I think it's a waste of time. So then uh, I, I also get really nervous when I have to, to finesse things, right? And then it derails from my point. So having someone who I can clearly tell, like, like this is what I want to say. And then you can turn it around and make it sound inspirational. It's definitely <laughs> a plus of this, uh, this uh, partnership. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm also um, really excited, again, because I, I get excited when other people learn and they have these aha moments. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it definitely fills my bucket yeah. uh, because I like to see people succeed. Yeah. I like to see people succeed, um, and it 
is great if they can, if they can be happy, even if it's just at home or at work or both, then it makes for a better team. It just makes for other aha moments. And it's, that's, I think the true gift in life to, yeah. to have these aha moments and be in that space where you can self-reflect, mm-hmm. um, auto-correct and apologize. Yeah. One of my philosophies is that our experiences and patterns that we may sometimes struggle with overcoming are actually keys once we overcome them. And so it is a life's responsibility and our responsibility as members and humans in this world to give off those keys to other people. And so that's why I love what I do. It's I'm, I, I'm 100% all about family engagement, equitable and inclusive family engagement. Um, and, and, and it's because of the experience that my mother and I had with the education system. And now similarly, same thing. I saw the lack of mentorship and development as I was growing up um, and also as a professional that why I lean in so heavy to doing this work of like giving out those keys, like showing people how I learned it. Cause this wasn't just given, like I didn't just wake up with this stuff. Like I learned it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key word here is, um, is, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought cause I was thinking so hard about it. Um, sharing it voicing it right we i I remember in thinking about this conversation with you i remember not hearing a lot of positive or auto-reflective uh reflection or like just any anything in terms of growth Mm -hmm. while growing up except for te dije te dije que no hicieras eso ya sabía por pendeja those are the reflections that I heard right coming up or my dad my dad was always like super quiet he was just like always disappointed um and but there was really like you you wouldn't really hear the why or like the the real conversation right even for my brothers like I we've had drunken conversations now that we're adults and like some stuff comes up where I'm like damn like I I didn't know and I'm really sorry you had to go through that um but that's the thing that this is not culturally even I want to just say just like socially humanly this is not really doesn't happen a lot where people really talk about um their experiences in hopes you know that as an experience not like as a boasting or like you know this is how I yeah just sharing as conversation um and being honest when in conversation too because we talk about all the great things that happen in our life, right? Mm-hmm. But not a, a lot of us, again, because we're ashamed or because we're um, don't fully understand like the the not so great parts of our life, then we don't share them. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how Noche Galactica was born. It was in a car, having these conversations, similar to like the many conversations that we have in your office, that we're like, yo, people, people need to hear this, right? Like, and coming from a place of like learning and gifting. Uh, and grace and not just like shame or victimization or just any of that, right? Just, just like, nah, that we wanted people to hear these stories. We want people like us to share their definition of success, to get a platform, to get a space to do that. Um, also, there's there's been some sessions where we call it, it ends up being hood therapy, right? Like I think both you and I have had the access, have built the privilege like we built it to be able to get an access therapy while many others do not have access to that right and so it's important for us to build these communities yeah absolutely i think um again i've been blessed with a lot of 
good people in my life that have been here for a while and some who've just just visited first time um and they have given me like just really valuable nuggets of information right for um for my life for raising my kids because I had my kids after my mom passed away um just just for being an adult just for being a human yeah. uh and those are so so important and so um no tienen precio mm-hmm. no tienen precio and they come from conversations with my daycare lady who has yeah. been who is like she's my one of my best friends as mom that I've known since high school right like she's you know from my dad from uh señoras from from our friend group from my sister who's you know younger than me but but having these these conversations um in addition to therapy right uh are are the things that have led to all of these great things and all of this great uh auto uh self reflection sorry and uh and to be able to identify those positive things um again my wants and my just wants is that a word not yeah, wants not wants yeah <laughs> my not wants right like the yeah right and and just like the good feeling that comes from these conversations of letting it out and being honest because there's very few times where i think you can be honest you can't be honest in all conversations right you have to mm-hmm. um the that's being able yeah that's another <laughs> that is right um but yeah like the just the, the feeling that comes from being in a full 100% honest conversation is amazing yeah yeah when you feel safe when you feel included in the community you know very often times when you're in that one on one moment is when you can really, really open up. Melanie, I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but I definitely don't want to keep taking your time. Uh, so any philosophies, any ideas, any big things that you want to share with the audience? Wow. I think um, some key things that I would say is be honest with yourself. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable, how embarrassing or shameful it might feel. Be honest with yourself. Um, and be a lifelong learner. Yeah. Be a lifelong learner because you are going to learn. I mean, there's so many things in life to learn, like even about yourself, about the people around you, about your, you know, your, your situations, um, and knowledge is power. I mean, not to be all GI Joe and stuff, right. Mm-hmm. But knowledge is power and it'll give you the power to reroute your gps yeah. uh when needed and if needed and i think that that makes that makes our journeys that makes our journeys worthwhile yeah i think it allows for us to be able to um find our own measurements of success and celebrate the wins and don't compare yourself to anybody yeah don't don't and tiktok is not real if you see clean houses it does not exist <laughs> I mean, that, that, no, no, That's, those are all illusions. He's calling folks out. He just yeah. cleaned that one part. Yeah, just, just cleaned that one part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to compete with TikTok clean houses for last year. It's not happening. <laughs> I think you're a really clean person. If anybody wants to reach you, Millennia, wants to follow up, wants to get to know you a little bit more, do you have the, do you have Graham? No, you're just a watcher, huh? You just be watching. Nobody, you don't post. 
Uh, email me. You can email. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll drop the professional email. <laughs> if you want to contact Melania or want to hear more, uh, definitely just like a foundation, just like a just fountain of knowledge and experience. Um, I don't think I have like ever really thanked you enough to just like, I think you were just like a very pivotal moment for me in that chapter of my life. That was like one that I didn't actually feel heard or felt like had really any say. And then just to like be with a, a colleague um, who just met me, you know, just to really like welcome me in that space and really just kind of create with me. That was really dope. And I just really want to thank you for that. Thank you for being safe and vulnerable, feeling safe and vulnerable in this space and just for bringing your experiences to the show. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Um, this was my one free therapy session since I haven't gone back to my therapist. Uh, super cool. Hood therapy at Noche Galactica. We in the house. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And just thank you. Thank you for, for being awesome. Thank you for being uh, a thought partner. Uh, thank you for being a sounding board. Um, and also... Uh, just thank you for being a good friend. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you. Once again, folks, this is Noche Galactica with Poeta C.